Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is six o'clock, and as I am trying to do some technical stuff, we thank you for joining us. I'm trying to share it to the Renaissance page, and unable to do that, I'm going to try to get it on there as soon as I can. I wanted to get started, and we just thank God for all that he continues to do and how he continues to work on our behalf. We thank God for all that of his many blessings and awesome day today, beautiful day here in the city of Las Vegas. And I don't know where you are, wherever you're streaming in from, just be grateful, be thankful that God, God is uh, there, that he is everywhere. And we're grateful tonight as we begin this journey together again with uh, Mr. Corey D. Moody. Let us begin with a word of prayer because God is our comforter, our provider. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity again for tonight's financial series. And we just ask in Jesus' name that you bless us and guide us and keep us in your care. Oh Lord, we just ask that you continue to have your way, structure our lives in the midst of financial blessings, in the midst of inflation. Please allow it not to affect the believers, affect those of us that uh, believe in you because we trust you. What must go, What goes up must come down. What goes down must go up. And even in the midst of fluctuations, we thank you. Trials and tribulations comes, transformations come in our lives. But we thank you and we will not complain. Bless us now. Bless Mr. Moody tonight as he shares in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so welcome. We're so privileged to have my brother, my friend, my family, Mr. Corey D. Moody, certified public accountant, certified valuation analyst. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Cheney. And um, as always, it's always a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I look forward to this every Wednesday. And I say it every Wednesday because I mean it every Wednesday. As you can see that preliminary, we talked about internal controls. I'm just going to kind of share the screen. And this is kind of what was being shown early, internal controls. What are internal controls? And one of the things as a young accountant that I had to learn very quickly is that my perceptions of things are very different than reality when you get into the practical, into the real world. And so when I first started, you know, dealing with internal controls, you know, we start talking about fraud and, you know, processes and system, you know, is it effective? And so just kind of an overview, I just want to kind of talk to you about internal controls because it's something I've always kind of had as it relates to my finances, you know, some controls over how I recorded, how I calculated my dollars. So it wasn't just about how much money I had, but it was about how well am I performing with the funds? How well, how good a steward am I being over these funds? So just to kind of give you a little background. So, you know, last week we talked about field work, you know, we go out in the field and we getting copies and, you know, inquiring, looking at checks and just kind of gathering evidence to support the financial statements that we are auditing. Well, one of the things when we're out in the field is we look at the internal controls. And one of the things 
about the internal controls is how effective are they? You know, uh, how well is it, are they designed, you know, and how much what we call substantive testing will we have to do and how much can we rely on internal controls? So I'm going to kind of give you some steps. So when we go out in the field and we do our risk assessment during the planning phase to kind of see where areas we probably need to focus because things just look you know, kind of out of, out of whack. Then we start looking at the controls that may be around those areas. So let's just take our own budget. Let's say we spend maybe a lot of money on meals and entertainment. So we might want to focus on that one account, you know, to kind of see, hey, what's going on? Or, uh, you know, that's really testing of the detail. But how are our uh, transactions recorded? So one of the things is how well can we rely that everything's been recorded accurately, timely, effectively, and that the numbers that makes up the totals are good solid numbers. Because when we look at our financial statements and we start running our KPIs, our key performance indicators, which helps us, you know, kind of guide the ship of our business of when and how well we're performing. The same thing happens on our personal side. You know, how well are we performing with our dollars? And it's not always about how much. It's about how well, how effective and efficient we are, you know, using these dollars. So when you go out to the art, you know, you know, you auditing a company, again, we can't look at every transaction. So we got to decide, we come up with these processes and systems to say, hey, look, let's rely on the internal controls because, you know, here are the, the 10 steps of recalls for this company. And we follow it through this process. And if we test certain transactions and those transactions kind of pass that internal control, we might say we're going to rely on those with controls. We're not going to spend a whole bunch of time trying to see if there are errors there. Because what happens, the reason your numbers are important, because when you run your ratios, you want to make sure when you calculate you know, current ratio, the turnover, debt to equity, working capital. You want to make sure when you're doing these formulas that the results are accurate. Well, the only way you can do that is make sure the underlying data or the numbers are accurate. And so what internal controls do is kind of enhance that those numbers are probably correct more than not. When there, when there are lack of controls, we have to rely on what we call more substantive testing, which means we got to dig in, put more hours in to try to make sure these numbers are correct. So what does that have to do, <clears throat> excuse me, with my personal finance? Well, how well do you compare how, you know, your budget to the, in the end of the year, how well did you perform? Did you spend less here, more here? and why and so part of a good control is your bank reconciliation if a company does not do bank reconciliations you know that's a lack of control and so you want control 
uh, over your finances and these processes and systems. So the underlying data or the results that you get that you're making decisions on is accurate. And so you want good data. So internal controls kind of help those those errors that can happen when transactions are recorded. And I'll just ask, you know, how well do we look at our personal finance? You know, are we, you know, just never reconcile our bank accounts? We never at the end of the year kind of look to see, you know, whether or not I went over in the budget because we never did a budget. And again, these tools that we've talked about are not to punish you, but they didn't make us better. They keep us in line to make sure that we're, we're, we're making the right decision. Not that we're just calculating all these things, but now that the data that we're getting also is good, accurate data. And so one of the things is the reliability and, and, and the assurance. And I looked up the, the, the term assurance. And what is assurance? Because one of the things when you come to a, a CPA firm and, and when outside readers, see one of the things that happens, outside readers typically are reading audit reports. And a lot of times they want to see, let me see their report on their internal controls. Because if someone's getting ready to invest or put money into you into your company, they want to know, can we trust this person? with this loan or investment we're about to do. And so we, they wanted some level of assurance, you know, to kind of make sure that, you know, is this a good, reliable company that we can count on? Is the management seems like they know what they're doing? You know, can we, can we trust them to do what they say? And so there's a scripture that, that I've talked about, and it's Philippians 4.13, and it says, I can do all things through Christ. And you heard me say in the past, and go back and read Philippians, you know, that is a financial scripture. And one of the things that can be a struggle for us is our contentment with where we are, and especially financially. Because you hear this, people say money don't make you happy. And people say, well, I'd rather be measurable with money than measurable without it. And that could be some validity to that. If you're going to be measurable, you might as well have it. But are you even more miserable with more money? And I say that because that scripture talks about, I can do everything. I'm going to be content with what I have to get all my needs met financially, things that I have to go out for commerce to do. Can I be content? And when you get that contentment, when I got that contentment, the amount of money didn't matter as much as the happiness of where I was with my walk. And so looking at my, my, my statements, my budget and actuals, seeing how well I'm, I'm doing with my commitment, my covenant that I said, this is what I'm going to do. You know, it gives me some contentment. And that's the importance of having your budget and looking at your actuals, 
because you know what's going on. Not knowing doesn't change the situation. The knowledge gives you the ability to get out of it to make it better. So we can't run from the result, but we can fix the. And so having good controls, and now I'm going to take the, all this field work to the managing partner to sign off on these financials. And I used to ask myself, are these financials good enough to sign off? Because once I sign off on these numbers and they go out there, people are relying on them. And if there's something wrong, I can get, I'm held accountable. And I started looking at it from a personal perspective, how, you know, you know, for me, how I just kind of, how's God looking at my finances? How well am I performing? Do I have controls? You know, what, you know, what good controls do in the business sense is, is to help detect fraud and not fraud just from employee stealing but also from an audit perspective that the company is not beefing up the financial statements. And I think most of everyone listening on the show remember Enron and all them. They got audited reports and people relied on these audited reports to do all these deals. And then when the underlying numbers were not correct, everything just collapsed because all those projections and ratios that they ran were on false numbers. And see what happens, we can get some financials, the balance sheet and balance, the income statement shows a profit and all that, but if those numbers are not right, it doesn't mean anything. You know, we talked about earlier, what company would you rather have a, a $30 million company in revenue or a $20 million company in revenue? And if that's all you knew, you might say, give me the $30 million company over the 20 million because it, it does more revenue. But that $30 million company, you know, only made, you know, 3 million bucks. But that company that did 20 million made 5 million. They made more money. So you got to know what to look at. And one of the things, so we don't waste our time looking at every little transaction is we put in good internal controls. And, we'll, and I started and putting those controls in my life, not just in my financial area, but my complete life. And that's probably why I'm so hard to get along with or be around because I have designed these systems of controls. So if it fails at this step, I know there's a problem. And so when those things come to me, those problems stick out. You know, they do, we call them, you know, they just point out. So that's what good internal controls do when there's a transaction that was not done right, or it was false or something, it's going to kind of kick out a red flag is going to go up with the good internal control system. 
And so I kind of always had that system in my personal life, not just from a financial perspective. Oh, yeah, I didn't have some red flags. I didn't got some audit reports that were not clean opinions. I had some adverse opinions on some of my audits some years. I mean, that year, you know, my stuff was just in shambles. That my, you know, my numbers, my life was so raggedy that I could not get a clean opinion. Yeah, I had financial statements that balanced, had the income statement and the notes. I had everything that looked just like the next financial statement, except that report, that report that goes on the front was different. Because that report tells the readers they're in compliance, they, we can stand behind these numbers. And so when we give an adverse opinion or a qualified opinion as, you know, as an auditor, we, they still get financial statements, but there's some stuff we saying it's hard to rely on these numbers. You know, they got, here are some reasons why, because we qualify why there's some issues. So I started just, you know, saying, man, what is God saying about this? Because, and I guess I always audited my life because I wanted to, I wanted to be the best for God, even in my So there's a scripture that I want to, I want to share One scripture, but I'm going to break it out into three different versions. And this is Hebrews 11. And it says, now faith is hope for and assurance about what we do see, we do not see. That is what the ancients were commanded for, commended for. So this assurance, so assurance is positive declaration intended to give confidence. Book from doubt. So part of the, the, the thing that I've seen in my, my professional career is the doubt we have on what we're with our, in our finances. I just don't know. I just need more money. You know, I just need to make more. Do we have confidence? And we know faith and fear don't match. So when we put these controls in our lives, in our finances, we can have full confidence and have some assurance that well, this thing is probably right. Because again, in audit, we can't look at every transaction. It's too much. We got to trust our process and system to get that clean opinion. And I want a clean opinion every year. So I'm going to show you the version because I, was, I had a conversation with someone and we were talking about different versions of the Bible and it reads, it tells a different message. And I was like, well, 
I don't know if it tells a different message. It allows some of us who didn't understand it from this from this version, maybe. And I say that because some of us learn by seeing, by hearing, by talking. You know, we all have different methods of learning. Because I believe the word stands, but a version may read a little different because it's more understandable. So I'm a numbers guy. Numbers talk to me different than words do. They tell me, they help me understand. So King's faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So with good internal controls, that evidence, I'm not looking at every transaction. But I'm hoping that these internal controls, because I've done my risk assessments, going to catch anything that probably look out of whack. Then I looked at Amplified. And I don't know what maybe go to Amplified, but I went to the Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed in the evidence of things not seen of their reality faith comprehends as fact what cannot be physical census so i didn't look at every transaction but what i will do is look at their internal controls because if they've got good internal controls, I can rely on them. I can rely on these numbers. And I start asking myself, can God rely on me taught me to do? Not just in my finances. So I've always had these processes and systems in my life. And I know it's a pain that my family members tell me. But what I have done is put in these safeguards. So when things get out of whack, I see it quick. And that's what good internal controls do. It allows you to identify errors, omissions, misstatements early on in the process not when the auditor comes in you know you find it so you relying on those numbers to turn in your ratios you caught it because you're looking at these numbers weekly and monthly so these controls allow things to to stick out you know kind of what they say outliers you know it's, it's kind of an unusual item so i've implemented that in my my life and so you know i've traveled back and forth so one of the things i always i kind of know the things we do a lot of or we use a lot of because i you know i do the grocery shopping and things like that so i always want to know what's in the house kind of take an inventory and i don't go look at everything but I look at just a few things. The things that I know we use often, maybe first to make sure they're gonna last us for the next. 
And the point I'm making is these safeguards or processes and systems we put in our lives are there to help us not interpret bad information. Because we get information all the time. You know, I have a saying that I can tell when I talk to somebody who's repeating what they heard than telling me what they learned. So I have this saying, you know, and, and retain is different than not to read and memorize. I have this thing about people just reading and memorizing and not learning so they can retain. And so, because we can only remember so much. So what internal controls do, having to do so much, to remember so much, to look out for so many things. So when we put these controls in our finances and in our lives, we catch these things a lot earlier. And when I read that assurance, the definition of assurance, you know, the freedom from doubt, and I applied it to my life and I applied it to my work, that it's that assurance that, hey, you know what? I can roll with this. But when we don't know, those decisions become very hard. So numbers is probably the best way to communicate to me. And it's not about dollars. And it's not tying something in, this is what this means. But when you put it into a formula to do a calculation, tells you the outcome. This is, and this is, when you look at your numbers, you see your trends. So if I'm trending upward in the area I don't want to trend upwardly in in my expenses, I got to say, hold on, what's going on? But what a year, two years, three years, and now we got a mess on our hands. And so when I don't check my life, and take my field work, my work papers, and let God review it. And he says, all right, this is where I want you to strengthen, because you got a weakness right here in this area. Strengthen it up. Oh, here's okay, it's okay. Need some work right here. You know, we spent some extra work doing this audit you know, looking at cash or looking at receivables because they just wasn't quite telling us. But overall, you know, you could, you, you're could healthy. I can still give you a clean opinion, but I'm going to give you what we call a management comment letter. And I just always allow, try to allow God to give me his comment letter and to read it for the betterment and system, not for the condemnation of my life. 
But in order to do that, we got to see what's out of whack and we can't be afraid of it. And controls helps us kind of deal in that area. I'm going to challenge you on is to, to get your numbers, your budgets, and your actuals. And that's why I don't spend a whole bunch of time with forms and stuff, you know, because we got to do those. We got to do the basics, but we got to mentally break through. I had this, this is every day you got to get through it. And what the con internal controls do gives us that confidence and that, you know, that freedom from doubt. Because doubt is the thing that makes us make the bad decision, the uncertainty. At least for me. So go out there. Look at your numbers. Don't be afraid to look at them. And see what you have. Pastor Cheney? Go out there. <laughs> look at your numbers. And see what you have, y'all. That's what we need to do. Internal control. <laughs> what does it look like for our lives? As we try to process this whole thing called life. <laughs> life is, uh, ain't been no crystal stair. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Thank y'all so much for joining us again tonight. And as we move forward and continue every week, we're strengthened by what we gain knowledge-wise. The foundations of faith. Hebrews 11 is a cornerstone scripture for me. Now faith, substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things. Internal controls kind of keep you in line. It's like an equilibrium kind of thing. So it's awesome. That's what it's all about, man. Thank you so much again, my brother, tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you so desire to want to give to the causes of the Renaissance Fellowship, you can do that through Givelify, tap, give, done. Or you can do that uh, through uh, Cash App, the Renaissance LV. Uh, Corey, you have a shout out on here too. I do. What, you got to tell me what that means. Got a shout out, huh? Yeah, Thomas Wilkins. How you do, sir? <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much. We we like that. You yeah. know, it's very important that y'all reach out. He says, hello, Corey Moody Thomas. And that's what it's all about. Interact with us and be able to ask questions. Put your questions in the chat and or put your prayer requests in there. Again, join us every Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, again, for the financial series. Wednesday, check in with Deborah Cheney and Mr. Corey D. Moody, certified public accountant, certified valuation analyst. Have a wonderful and blessed evening.
I know I can't mute when I don't have my board. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you again.